So recently I was putting some photos together uh, for one of our podcasts actually, talking about is youth wasted on the young? And I found a photo of myself on a horse and realised that that was probably the last time I was riding a horse. And it was up in the Daintree rainforest and it was when I'd just been diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic and I was up there trying to sort out what that meant for my life and things like that. And it got me really reminiscing about my horse riding history, which I don't think you girls would know very much about and maybe a bit surprised when I tell you. Yes. So when I was uh, a young girl, back then I was one of um, three, and my parents, um, from a very young age, used to send us to farms during the school holidays. And like... Like, I remember going to one farm and my sister came and she was four years old. And so we'd go to these farms and on these farms, they'd always have horses and they'd have all sorts of animals. Like, it's the first time I saw, like, you know, a chicken with its head cut off running around and I saw a horse being born. You know, they got us up in the middle of the night and it's where I first drank milk straight from the cow, like straight from the cow, still warm and things like that. And I developed a love for horse riding and... um, to the point where whenever school holidays were coming up, I'd always beg my parents to send me to a horse riding farm. And so uh, during most of my school holidays growing up as a teenager, I would go horse riding every school holidays and we would ride every day and saddle up our own horses and, and all that sort of stuff. When I moved to the country, which is in Geraldton, um, there was a horse farm there where you could go on a Saturday morning and you could ride and it would be a ride on the beach and you'd go through all of this sort of bush and you get to the beach. And so for years and years and years, and I introduced it to my husband and introduced it to our flatmate, we would go horse riding every Saturday, every Saturday for years. And and we'd do the beach and it's like very meditative when I think about it. And uh, we would ride through uh, until the farm had to close down and they couldn't offer that sort of surface anymore. So there wasn't sort of another opportunity to go horse riding. So when I used to go on holidays, as I got older, I used to always seek out horse riding opportunities. And in that picture that I saw last week, what it was reminding me of is it's the last time my husband said he would ever hop on a horse. So we're on the horses and he was—he felt that he was too heavy for his horse and he felt really bad about it. And when we got off, he said to me, I will never ride again. I actually don't want an animal to carry me. It was like a, a moral decision for him that he no longer wanted to be on the back of any other animal carrying him around. And I haven't ridden since. And and looking at it, I just, I just want to ride again. It's just brought back all of the memories of, of riding, thinking, oh, my God, I've got to go back to that. So are you going to? I think I will. <laughs> You have to come to my farm. We've got well, actually all of my horses have passed away, but we have a miniature pony called Hercules. Oh yes, and yes. A horse called Lucy. So maybe Hercules. Did you ever fall off a horse? Actually, yes. So I was. I can and I can remember it really clearly. I was on the horse. Um, I always wore a helmet um, back then too, even when I was young. And we were just because the horse farm used to just let us take the horses and go. Like we didn't have any guides or anything. And. And so we were two of us on a horse and a feral cat came in front of us and the horse reared and I just slid straight <laughs> off the back of the horse and my horse took off. I had to walk home, but the horse was back at the farm and knew where it was yeah. going. Just a sore bum, but I was okay. But Goodness. Yeah, yeah. I never did any jumping or anything like that. It was all about like bushwalks, going to the beach, going in the water, 
just and I realise now it was probably a very meditative thing for me as well. You know, um, it was it was really wonderful, and I I just I thought you guys probably don't even know I have that no. in my background. No, I, and even just forgetting myself, thinking how did I forget that part of me? How did I let that happen? You know. So yeah. anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find it. Who else has got a story that would surprise us or you wouldn't know about you? Um, okay, so when I watched Bend It Like Beckham for the first time and that movie like spoke to my soul I because first, yeah, for the first time ever, like, you know, brown girl as well in a lead role and um, just fell in love with it. And, and all of my friends, we all fell in love with that movie. Now, um, when you're young and you see something like that, you're like, that's it, I need to live that. And so <laughs> I started playing soccer and so did my friends. So um, we had a few of us start playing soccer together and I am probably, and I'm not being modest, I am the worst soccer player on the field. I don't want to put my body on the line for a ball. Like I just <laughs> am not built that way. Um <laughs> But I ended up being the captain of the <laughs> soccer team. Is that because you were the most enthusiastic about it, though? Or um, I think I was very well. Uh, I was very uh, good at rallying the team and cheering on the team and championing the team. Um, I was, yeah, technically useless. The only goal that um, I ever had was an own goal, so it counted for the other team because <laughs> I did play in the defence line. Um, and, you know, there's, like, multiple images, video footage of me. Like, there was one game in particular. I remember um, the game just started and I'm, like, I'm pretty clumsy. There's a reason I don't play sport. Um, I started running and I tripped over my own feet and fell flat face first into a deep puddle. Like the water actually went over me. <laughs> I was drenched and covered in mud and everyone was in hysterics. Like everyone was in hysterics. And I was like throwing a tantrum on the field because I was like, the game has just started. I am now drenched and covered in mud and there's mud in my hair and I was just not happy. And I look back, I played soccer for four years, mind you, four years. I look back on that and was like, who was I? Like, what life was that? That is just so not where I am at now. So, yeah, that's probably, I don't think any of you knew that no. of me. No. <laughs> Do you watch soccer now? Like, Do you like to watch it? Look, I don't watch any kind of sport, okay. but at the time I was watching yeah. soccer and, you know, one of my best friends, she's like amazing and, and she was so encouraging um, and, and I made some great friends through playing soccer um, and, you know, we'd often also train with the boys team and they were so good, like they were so patient and kind and like trying to get this girls team sort of technically okay um, but some of the girl players that we played with, like they were amazing, like such amazing players but yeah so they so we would watch and they you know it took me probably a good year to learn the offside rule <laughs> didn't you all stand in the back line and go you know push up push up i played soccer for years too push, did up, you? push up for oh years. my god that's so funny i love it yeah <laughs> but i did love the soccer uniform and i did love having like the knee-high socks and shin pads on and like strolling mm. like i liked the look of being a soccer player just i'm not good at it <laughs> When was the last time you watched Bend It by Beckham? It's probably the more important question. Right? I actually haven't watched in a really long time. Like, I actually probably can't remember, but now I feel like I want to watch it. So, you know, like Fiona's going to go off and like start riding a horse. Yes. And instead of me going back to watch soccer or play soccer, I'm going to watch Bend It Like Beckham again. 
And you know, on the couch. Still be yeah. So good. Yeah. It'll still Didn't be right. date. It's a classic. No, classic. It's a classic. How about you, Amelia? What's something about you we don't know? Here's one. Again, not into like the paranormal woo woo kind of stuff. Not a big believer in a lot of things. But do you guys know what water divining is? Yes. I watched Russell Crowe's film, Water Divining. So <laughs> I can actually water divine. You cannot. Hang on. Stop I don't know it. what this is. You have to tell us what this is. Oh, Fiona, my God. you can explain. <laughs> well, I, I'm basing it on the Russell Crowe film, which you'll have to watch now. It's actually well worth watching. He directed it. Okay. And they, um, they come to your property. They're actually professionals. They come to your property and just... Um, holistically or however it is they can work out where there's water on your property and you can sink a well they can actually work it out and it's not it's not through like they've got geographical locations and everything it's actually a sensation but you wouldn't Mm. be able to explain what you feel yeah so how does this happen and it's a thing (laughs) it's a true thing it's amazing it's weird and I'm like I don't believe in this I don't believe in this and then I figured out that I could do it and I was like Oh, this is weird. I'm not convinced, but I can. So basically, the way that it works is a couple of, and mind you, sinking wells is very expensive. Like you're mm. looking at least ten to twenty thousand dollars, and a lot of farmers will rely on this to have a diviner come out and find them the water, and then they'll just blindly drill and hope that they're going to hit it at a certain depth. But basically, so there's obviously tablelands of water underneath the land, and you. I think, the science is not really great around it. The idea is that like, I think 50% of people can do it. So for example, one of my sisters can't do it. My dad can't do it, but my mum and my other sister can. And so one of our like community elders taught me how to do it. And it's, you can do it with a pendulum, like a swinging thing. You can do it with metal rods that are like two L-shaped rods. And when you go over water, it will cross. So I will try and fight these from moving but they will physically still move in my hand and there's this force that pulls them together or you can do it my favorite methodology is like a fresh eucalyptus branch like a a y-shaped one yeah you hold the two sort of um pieces of your hand so that the fork is pointing outwards and when you walk over an area of water the point will drop so you hold it horizontally and it will drop down so that it's sort of perpendicular with the ground way that i realized that it was legit I went out into the backyard and our backyard's quite large because obviously we live on a farm but we have a lot of underground watering systems I have no idea where these pipes were sunk but my dad knows because he obviously put them there so I went out into the backyard and just like walked around sussed what was where put some rocks on the ground and was like okay tell me if I found anything and he was like that's where all the pipes are Wow. I know. I've I've seen it with the stick. I've seen that. mm, Yeah. And in the drought recently, my parents were super desperate for water and they took myself and two of the older people in our community out to this area of our farm called the swamp, which is where like a lot of people would gather. It's like a watering hole naturally in the area. So like there's been gold miners out there, but then also like there's a lot of indigenous like rock paint, not rock paintings, but like you can see sort of like areas where people would have congregated once upon a time because it was an area where there'd be a lot of wildlife, a lot of bird life, sometimes there's fish in this swamp and it was completely bone dry. But they took each of us out individually and they put rocks out, but they spray painted underneath to know exactly where each one of us had pinpointed. So the other person wouldn't know, it just looks like a rock, but if you flip it over, you can tell where it is. And all three of us ended up coming to the same place, like places in the paddock as like the strongest pulls. 
And so then did they sink a well there? Uh, They didn't in the end because it ended up breaking the drought. But the problem is you can't tell the salinity, so you can sink it. But in my area with the tablelands, it's super salty. So the sheep can drink it for about six months. But then after that, they'll start getting like liver and kidney failure. Yeah. Um, And like humans can't drink it. But yeah. So do you put this on your CV? No, because I feel like people would think I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. And if you say 50% of the population can, Mm. that means one other of the podcast uh, podcast panel can probably do it. It's got to be you, Sarah. It's got to be you. But is it something about your body? Like, is it because it's coming through your body somehow? It's apparently meant to be the way that electricity or something moves. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like the What's the sensation you get? What's the sensation you get? It's not a body sensation. It's okay. the actual wire or stick. I've never done pendulum swinging because mm-hmm. I'm like, that just seems really weird. But the other ways are pretty weird as well. It's just this magnetic pull in the wires or in the stick that you cannot fight. Like I'll try and pull it back up or I'll try and pull them apart and they will immediately keep pushing to cross if you're above a source of water. I love that. <laughs> you have to watch the movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is an, a loss, like it's not a loss art form yet, but I am very much, because I learned from like an 80 year old in our community and it's something that's like not really done that often anymore. And so it's something all... that I do want to pass on to my kids one day and like whoever else wants to learn, but it's also not called upon that often and I feel like there should be a scientific way that's better to find a bloody place to drill a hole for water you know <laughs> but a, a huge amount of farmers rely on it to find where to sink their wells Sarah Sarah you're next all right so one thing you probably don't know about me is that I was in a circus when I was young <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love this. Yeah, (laughs) so (laughs) this circus used to travel around uh, to different communities, pitch up, and basically for over a number of months, kids at the local school schools would get trained um, in in circus arts and would put on the performance. I can't remember exactly how many months we trained for. But yeah, I learned to juggle, ride a unicycle, walk on stilts and do acrobatics. This was, I probably was maybe 11 or 12. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> intense if I think back on it. Because you, you sort of do your schooling and then you've got to do all this rehearsal. Basically, <laughs> in a circus act. Yeah, when we actually did, did the final performance, it was incredible. Everyone came out to watch and look, I can still, I'll still, I can juggle for you now. I can still juggle to this day and uh, a party trick is to do some of the acrobatics that I learnt. So yeah, I'll do that as a party trick with someone. Hey, come and do this. Stand here and we'll do this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But haven't uh, had the opportunity to walk on stilts or ride a unicycle since then. But yeah, maybe it's like riding a bike. I can still do it. I think with the walking on stilts, I would still be able to do it. But maybe the unicycle, that was the hardest to learn. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. With um, 
with with your training and all that sort of stuff and then the performance were you doing like was it a group performance mm. were you doing performance on your own it like, was a group it was a whole a whole extravaganza okay yeah yeah any scene a whole or anything show. like yeah, that yeah there like, was actually there yeah. was yeah there was uh, yeah, it was a whole extravaganza. So the rehearsals leading up to, I remember the dress rehearsal um, was intense. But yeah, that's one thing you probably didn't know. Did not know that. Something I pull out when you do two truths, one, one, one lies, lies yeah. two truths or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. What, why was the dress rehearsal so intense? Um, because I think it, you're training the different parts of the show over time and then just... Having it all come together, there was still a lot we kind of had to work out. But I just remember it being a really long day and just a lot going on. I was like, this is quite gruelling, like mm. just... For an 11-year-old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> were, were other people in your family involved as well? Uh, no, no. It was just me. They would have been too young, my okay. siblings. So interesting. <laughs> Did you get paid? No, we wouldn't have, <laughs> right? Like, well, just little. I don't know. <laughs> Child labour. I no, I remember the older kids as well. Like, yeah, is there was a lot. Like, we, were, I was probably maybe among the younger ones, but yeah. it was also fun to be involved with just this big group of people and we're all doing it. But, yeah, patchy memories of the training and leading up to it. But Injuries? Like... Would you pull over a bit and <laughs> trying to learn to, you know, go on stilts yeah, and things yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, but nothing to you sort nothing of bounce bad. back. Yeah. When you're that, yeah. That's why they had to get you young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before the fear young was there. rubbery, yeah. <laughs> like, so were you like a, a lead performance or were you guys on the outskirts of what was happening because you said you were young or? Um, I don't, uh, from memory, I think, especially with the more performance aspects, like yeah. the singing or yeah. all of that there probably was some older lead lead ones yeah. and then there's you do all the tumbling and stuff like it's all put together right so you have like the tumblers going and maybe like some of the people walking around on stilts and then you go around and you yeah it was a lot now that I think back yeah. that's a lot for 11 year old and schooling at the same time you must have been so exhausted goodness so you sleep well at night yeah you, you would <laughs> wow what do you reckon your best skill was from that? What's well, your specialty? Uh, well, that's the thing. Like I was saying, I don't really have an opportunity to ha – well, haven't had an opportunity to walk on stilts or ride a unicycle since then. But stilts were my favourite. Uh. But the best skill now is the juggling because that's yeah. one that I can just do. do. You would be so yeah, tall well. on skilled. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in my mind I always just thought they were like gymnasts. Who went into circus? Like that was like one of the things that you could do as a gymnast is become a circus performer. But there's actually circus school. <laughs> well, this one that uh, that I did it was taking normal kids and yeah. putting on a performance, right? So it was yeah. So um, if we go karaoke one night, then <laughs> like I did not say I could sing. <laughs> <laughs> you will know I absolutely did not say I could sing whatsoever. <laughs> She said there was singing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just to be clear. Hi, everyone. It's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. 
If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.